0: Stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined once again by Nina Mishra, Zach's Director of ETF Research and the all-knowing one on everything that's going on with ETFs. Here at Zach's, and there is a lot going on this year in 2023 with ETFs, as there usually is, but I feel like it's giving us a little bit more insight into some uh like market psychology, what might be going on in investors' strategies, because there's some interesting. Uh, data coming out so far through May here in 2023. So the first five months of the year about the inflows and the outflows into these ETFs. Which ones are popular with the money going in, which ones are not with the money going out. And some of it has been quite surprising. And it's been uh, talked about in the Wall Street Journal, in on Morningstar, on Market Watch, everybody's talking about this, so I thought I'd have Nina join us to share her insights about what she's seeing in all the data on the inflows and the outflows, and we can discuss what is going on out there with investors here in 2023. Is this a change from what we've seen in the last couple of years? Um, and so welcome,
1: Nina. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me on. Yes, this year has been really interesting. So normally, when we look at the inflows, ETF inflows and outflows, we see a lot of performance chasing, but that has not happened this year. You you look at the technology stocks and you look at the QQQ ETF, uh, the Nasdaq 100 index is up how much? 36%, 37% year to date now. But if if you look at the inflows that you mentioned uh, through the end of May, A lot of money has gone into defensive areas of the market, and overall inflows uh, were very anemic compared to last two years. So, in 2021, ETFs gathered close to a trillion dollars in inflows. And then last year, when the market was terrible, uh, that year also inflows were close to 600 billion dollars. This year, barely any inflows, and very few inflows into equity ETFs. Now, if you look at uh, year-to-date inflows, including this month, then I'm saying that uh, fixed income has been an asset class which has been very popular with investors. It has gathered uh, about $81 in inflows. And U.S. equity ETFs, they now have just about 32 billion in inflows and about a third of that came last week so last week we saw some you know investors uh, uh, trying to figure out where they should invest now because a lot of money was parked in money market funds And in cash, uh, we know that money market funds have gathered close to $600 billion this year. And uh, that is mainly because of that 5%, close to 5% interest uh, yield on money market funds. And so investors uh, were not putting money into US equity ETFs. uh, uh, Inflows were very low. There are certain exceptions, though, that I should mention. Semiconductor ETFs did see some inflows. AI is a popular theme with investors. So AI-focused invest- ETFs saw some inflows. For example, the Global GlobalX uh, Robotics and Artificial Intelligence ETF that uh, had a uh, a little more than 500 million dollars in inflows uh, so there are certain themes which were popular but overall flows were very very anemic, and they mostly went into defensive areas of the market
0: yeah and this does surprise me because we've just seen the investors chase 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 for so many years we saw it with kathy wood with the ark and ark k especially everybody chased into that etf at the end of you know in 2020 into 2021 and then that imploded but even ark k because tech has rebounded this year uh that's up 40% year to date but yet it too is seeing money still coming out of right. of that fund yeah yeah um, so so, so in- I'm,
1: i am surprised so, we talked about ARC inflows in 2020 and 2021 as yeah. well. So, ARC gathered 20 billion in 2020 and another 16 billion in the first six months of 2021. So it was insane then, and we were talking about the issues, uh, the complexities uh, that could have been created by those kind of inflows. But it seems that investors just gave up after that. And this year, as you mentioned, (laughs) our funds did quite well, but uh, uh, the the funds have still seen uh, outflows uh, this year.
0: Yeah, I, I have two hundred and fifteen million outflowed so far in twenty twenty three, which is better than what was happening last year. Obviously, but still outflowing even though that uh, Ark is up forty percent. And then I think really the key is that a lot of people got burned, you know, buying at the top, as mm-hmm. uh, we saw, and we've talked about it on the show many times. Uh, Because over the last two years, ARC K is still down 62%, even with the great performance year to date. And that kind of just goes to how long it takes to recover if you get a big sell off. Uh, Even if you get the rebound, it it will be years before (laughs) anyone, those people who bought at the peak, might even break even. So they usually just throw in the towel at some point and get out and move on to something else. But I am kind of surprised to see people pulling money out of some of the other kind of tech funds. I saw the XLK that that is seeing outflows as well, even though that one is up 30, almost 37% year to date. And then over the last two years, that one is actually up almost 20% over the two years. But I, I was you know wondering like, I haven't looked at that one in a while, so I went to go look at the holdings, thinking, "Oh, I wonder what's in there that it's upped, you know, over the last two years." And then I remembered, "Oh, yes, Microsoft is twenty four point two percent of the the whole XLK, and then you have Apple now twenty two point eight percent. So combined, just those two tech titans, um, both well, both of which are at fifty two week highs." are you know, 47% of this ETF and then taking a look at the top 10, it's mainly like old tech is how I would describe it. It's Nvidia, Broadcom, Cisco is in there, um, those types of companies. So I'm not surprised this has done better performance than the ones that had Shopify and Zoom and Snowflake and those types of newer tech companies. But I am surprised that the money is still flowing out of this one. And is there like some kind of theory about why it's it's getting out of this?
1: Yeah, so this is an interesting ETF now uh, because the technology sector after the reorganization, the GICS reorganization, in 2018, and then earlier this year. So now this has become very much top-heavy. And as you mentioned, Apple, Microsoft, and Nvidia, and that is the reason why it has done so well. But it has, again, seen outflows. It's just because investors, uh, they do not believe the rally, it seems. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not only the mom and pop investors. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal that hedge funds are also bearish on this and they have a very high uh, short positions, a uh, um, high amount of short positions on the market. So it's interesting whether we will finally see that uh, retail investors will start piling back into these technology stocks and ETFs. And as I mentioned, we did see some uh, inflows into equity ETFs uh, last week, even though, again, last week, we a lot of money went into small caps and equal-weighted uh, S&P in, um, index ETF, uh, which, again, is tilted more towards small and mid-cap stocks. But uh, the QQQM ETF, which is the cheaper version of uh, the investment qqq etf that also saw decent uh, inflows uh, uh, about a billion dollars last week so it seems that oh, there okay. was there was some performance chasing investors finally re- yeah. realized that uh, these technology stocks and uh, the qqq index uh, they, they they have done so well this year so let's uh, let's buy the ctf uh, but in general uh, the defensive stance continues so we, we will see uh, what happens in the coming months yeah, I, I am also
0: surprised by the inflows into the small caps because yeah, um, those are not defensive. So if you're thinking the Fed is going to uh manage to bring about a soft landing and the small caps have been beaten up a lot. So why not do the contrarian play? Because small caps do well, you know, coming out of a recession or a slowdown, usually. And uh, so maybe that's why they're piling in, but um, they've just been terrible for the for many years. Right, right. So.
1: For, for small I caps, sorry. I think it's a. Uh- uh play on valuations because if you if you watch cnpc and bloomberg you know that almost every expert so call market experts they keep on saying oh small caps are screaming buys at these valuations and big tech the mega uh, caps eight stocks or magnificent seven or whatever they have run up yeah. too much uh, too fast so maybe uh, we should see some rotation into small caps later this year, so that could be a yeah. valuation uh, play. Uh, yeah, I view, or it's
0: almost like a
1: defensive play without actually
0: shorting
1: mm-hmm. the
0: like you know the Nasdaq, but they do feel like that is still that's overdone now. So we're going to go into the opposite thing that has been terrible, uh, but yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay <laughs> with the not the non chasing. And being the contrarian, I feel like that's a little bit uh, more um, stable type of investing. And it's kind of healthy for the market. You know, I I think it's healthy that... We're not seeing everybody rush into you know QQQ or QQQM, even though a billion dollars did go into the M last week. It's still relatively tame, and you know there's still more people on the defensive side or even in the money market accounts than are trying to chase this tech rally, which has been amazing. Even just on the Nasdaq, I heard today on um, June 13th that. The Nasdaq is having its best start to the year since 1991. So it's been a long time since we've seen even better than 99, the start to the Nasdaq. But apparently, a lot of people think it is going to peter out here. Um, let's talk about one of the other ETFs we have talked about on this show before, and that's the Meet Kevin ETF. It's uh, was launched in the end of 2022 um, by Well, meet Kevin. He's a YouTuber and he describes himself as a 31-year-old dad and financial analyst. He has 1.87 million subscribers on YouTube, but a lot of people like to follow him for financial advice. So he's launched his own ETF and we brought it up on a prior podcast just after the launch. We kind of saw it as like a sign of that there was still speculation out there and you know, people still wanting to chase into a lot of the tech stocks because that's basically what he owns. Um, his largest position is Tesla at 25% of this ETF. But lo and behold, um, Meet Kevin ETF is doing really well here in 2023. But what's happening with the inflows to the Meet Kevin ETF? Is, is that like a new arc K or? Are people still being relatively subdued even on the meet kevin one
1: Yes, yeah, still very subdued so oh, if you okay. look at the top performing etfs this year the first one is a bitcoin miner cdf the ticker symbol is wgmi uh, which is up 131 percent this year uh, and uh, then there are a bunch of other bitcoin and bitcoin miner ETFs. then a microsoft sorry micro sectors, fang plus etn which basically holds 10 fang and fang plus stocks not holds it's an etn yeah so it tracks the performance of 10 fang and fang plus uh, stocks and then you have some actively managed etfs including this one by uh meet kevin the meat cabin etf this is up 52 percent year to date and there has been no performance chasing. It just has about 31 million in assets. And if you look at the holdings, uh, Tesla is the top holding currently. It accounts for almost 29% of the portfolio now. And that explains the performance. And Apple is the second largest holding uh, with about 13% weight. So and this ETF charges 77 basis points, so do you really want to pay that kind of wow. fees to an active manager who has such a concentrated portfolio? So it seems that investors, maybe investors have become wiser, so they are not going yeah. to the CDFs or other ETFs like this, like the other ones, uh, the top performers that I mentioned, they are also not gathering assets at all particularly the bitcoin and bitcoin miner etfs which have done so well this year they have seen very very little interest from investors and i think in case of uh, cryptocurrencies uh, because last year was brutal very painful for investors so, so many investors yeah. uh, uh, just gave up on the asset class and pro- and also because there have been so many uh, frauds, high-profile frauds in this space. So that also yeah. made some investors nervous about their set class. So there has been no performance chasing of either these actively managed ETFs like Meet Kevin ETF or uh, the Bitcoin and Bitcoin
0: miners ETFs. Yeah, that's really interesting to me about the the Bitcoin, the crypto ETFs, the mining ones. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the first times in years, maybe decades, that an ETF could be at the top as the best performer, but nobody cares. Nobody's putting money in there. That's like a weird thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. strange to me to see um, this happening. But I, I I think it is interesting to see what's happening this year in the ETF inflows and outflows. That's why I had you on. But also what it Does tell us maybe about market sentiment, you know, that a lot of the speculation we saw during the pandemic, people, you know, trading on their phones and all of that, and maybe even with their stimulus money, as we know, that that has ended,
1: that's gone away. So, the the top-performing ETF that we mentioned, WGMI, this has less than $10 million in assets. So I wouldn't even be surprised uh-huh. if it liquidates uh, in some time. In fact, one of the uh, crypto miners' ETFs, which was one of the best performing at the beginning of this year, that has already been liquidated. Uh, so, yes, investors are still very wary of this asset class. Um, they are not putting any money into these uh, crypto and crypto miner CTFs, this despite oh, the performance this learned. year
0: yeah right they've learned that 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 may not be the place to be um so what are the uh, out of the ones that are not like the bitcoiners are is it like bond funds that are um some of the better performers or i mean where is what where is it a good performance and some money is going into it?
1: Yes, so in terms of performance, of course, uh, the chip ETFs have been one of the best performing areas of the market, and they have seen some inflows as well. Some actively managed ETFs that I mentioned, uh, they have done well, and that is mainly because they either have a lot of exposure to Tesla or to NVIDIA or to both. So that explains the performance of uh, those ETFs. uh, And apart from that, technology-focused ETFs have done quite well. Uh, But uh, if you look at the inflows, as I mentioned, bond funds saw a lot of inflows. Uh, The the performance hasn't been that good. International ETFs. have seen decent inflows. And uh, Japan ETFs, the Hedge Japan ETFs, have also seen decent inflows. And that is mainly because of their performance, because the Nikkei is up uh, more than 20% uh, this year. So uh, yeah, investors are warming up to Japanese ETFs. Uh, that is an asset class which has the good performance, as well as inflows too. So uh, one of the exceptions, and as I mentioned, AI, Focused ETFs have both good uh, performance and uh, some investor interest too. A new uh, ETF uh, which focuses only on generative AI. It's the first and only ETF so far which focuses on generative AI uh, that launched just a couple of weeks back and already has 60 million in assets. So that's that's quite impressive uh, for this kind yeah. of market environment, and then there are some single stock ETFs, the one which is focused on Tesla, uh, which provides 1.5 times exposure to Tesla stocks, Tesla stock, that symbol is TSLL, that has 700 million in assets, uh, a lot of which came this year, so that is also pretty impressive. Um, that is an area where we see some performance chasing investors are putting money in the leveraged Tesla ETF mainly because of its performance. Uh, some inflows into Nvidia uh, leveraged ETF as well. Yeah. So what is the uh, ticker for
0: the generative AI that got 60 million in assets already? Do we know? Very interesting ticker, CHAT, CHAT. Oh, okay because someone already has the AI ticker obviously so they got to they got to come up with some new ones for for these other ones yeah. but this makes sense okay um i'm going to keep an eye on that one because that could be pretty hot is is
1: microsoft the largest holding in that or so yes nvidia is the top holding with about 8% weight microsoft also has about 8% weight and Alphabet, about 7%, and then you have others, including Baidu and Adobe and AMD, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, these
0: early generation AI-type ETFs that they're kind of rushing out to launch remind a lot of the initial cannabis ETFs when there weren't like that many companies in that space yet. And there still aren't that many on cannabis side, but people thought there would be later. But um, so you you kind of grasp for, you take the main names, but those aren't really enough. And then you have to kind of grasp for sort of link into all the others to get enough stocks in there. Um, so I'm not surprised that it has, you know, the biggies, obviously, like NVIDIA and Microsoft and Google and those names, because that's all that we know really out there. Yeah, um, so,
1: so in this, in case of AI, I think it's easier for providers because yeah. if you think of AI, the, who, who are the companies who are investing a lot in AI, it is the big, biggies. it's the Microsoft, it's the Google, and who will benefit the most, it's the one, the big ones and the ones yeah, that are supplying good. the chips and GPUs, so NVIDIA, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and yeah. uh, it's good for investors also because the, the, the ticker that you mentioned, uh, AI uh, companies like C3 uh, AI, which are one of the you know very few pure play AI companies, but they are so risky. So it's, uh, investors are safer investing in the big ones.
0: And I wonder if some of the companies that came out with like FANG ETFs back in the day, there are several of them, I believe, right? That just, you know, have the FANGs or the FANG men stocks in there. If they won't just kind of rename it and they'll just be like, we're really an A- AI ETF now, we'll just <laughs> change the name because it's the same companies, right? And then they'll yeah. just they'll go with the hotter name kind of in the thing, but I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens with those. That's, that's um, but that's possible. what I would be that's, thinking.
1: Yeah. That's very much possible. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Is there anything else we should know uh, that we didn't cover about the ETFs, the
1: inflows, the outflows? I think we have covered everything. Yeah. everything so Thanks. yeah, but yeah, but, but the main. Uh, Uh, thing to watch going forward is whether investors who have been sitting in those money market funds or cash whether they would finally realize that okay i was earning five percent yield on my money market fund uh, but at the same time nvidia went up two times or three times whether they'll pull the money yeah. out of money market funds and pile back into these hot stocks or ETFs and whether that is going to be too late because investors, we have seen that they're always bad with their timing market time. Yeah. It is always yeah. better to stay invested uh, for the longer term and you make money that way whether you are. And it's better to have a diversified exposure more, more to Uh, stocks and to many stocks and um, stocks and brought a plain better like ETFs and maybe some exposure to bonds and money market funds too, depending on your cash needs and your risk tolerance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. Okay. Well, we'll we'll check in you know later on this year and see what happens because um it's always good to know and to follow the inflows and the outflows on the ETFs because it does give us a lot of clues on like what investors are doing with their money obviously Right now, they're mostly in cash sitting on the sidelines in the cash. So, yes, we will have you back on, Nina, as always. Um, Okay, so we did cover a decent number of tickers on today's show, both stocks and ETFs. So, I'm going to start with the Bitcoin mining ETF that Nina mentioned, but it's up the most this year, but nobody's in it. It has less than 10 million in assets now, and it's ticker WG m i w as in wayne g as in george m as in mary i as in ian then we did talk about kathy wood and arc it's up 40 percent the flagship fund here in 2023 but we're still seeing outflows there and it's a r k k is the ticker we talked about meet kevin he's seeing some inflows with his big gains for the year because Tesla's his largest holding. That ticker is P and in Paul, P as in Paul, just PP. Then we talked about Tesla, of course, TSLA, NVIDIA, NVDA. We talked about Microsoft a little bit, MSFT. Uh, we talked about the XLK ETF, that's the technology spider ETF, but that's the one with Microsoft and Apple at 47% of the ETF. And then we talked about the, the triple Qs, the QQQ, founded in 1999, but the cheaper version is popular this year, QQQ Amazon and Mary, it's uh, a little less expenses on that one, QQQM and then we talked about the single stock ETF if you want Tesla single stock ETF T S L L and if you're interested in Japan there is uh one of the just basic ETFs there is the iShares and it's just EWJ that's been around for forever so you can start checking out Japan ETFs with that one but there are other ones also out there so, japan. so
1: uh, tracy sorry yes. to interrupt let, let me quickly add that in case of japan you usually currency hedge DTFs are uh, slightly better for uh, okay. for investors particularly because uh, usually japanese stocks go up when the currency is going down so most of the performance uh in the Japanese stocks, then can that can be you know, not most of the performance. Some of the performance can be attributed to the weakening of the yen, because uh, in Japan, as we know, is an export still an export oriented country. So DXJ is the currency hedged ETF. EWJ, the bigger ETF, is uh, unhedged ETF. So if you want exposure to both the currency and stocks. Uh, then look at EWJ. But if you are uh, worried about continued weakening of the yen and you want to take the currency equation out of the ETF, then look at DXJ. Okay, good advice. Um, it always pays to
0: talk to the head of uh, research here at ZX to find out which is the one you really want to be in. Uh, so make sure you tune in to our next podcast when Nina's on because she knows all about what's going on with ETFs and there is a lot going on. So make sure you uh, join us here. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. but Or you can get us on Zacks.com. There's a podcast link right up at the top. You can tap on that find all of our podcasts, including Nina's on ETFs every week. You want to get that one, but be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks.